Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. I might want to pitch a new idea Uh-oh. for Sunday nights, like a throwback, if you will, <gasps> going back to the classic Sunday night. Going so back in time. This, in this, time. this week, in I time. ran out of podcasts to listen to. What? I, I know. It's unbelievable. Did, did you just turn on LRN.FM? No. Um, but I, I have like the backlog of Sovereign Tech episodes. Yeah. Because he like relaunched all of the old episodes afterwards. Brian Sovereign, former host of Free Talk Live. Sunday night host of Free right. Talk Live. And so I'm listening to one of these like old episodes from six, well, more than that, like a long time ago. Sure. And he was like, you know, he was talking about the Sunday night Free Talk Live and how it turned into like conspiracy talk live <laughs> and it was the night where all the conspiracy theory people would come out of the woodwork and like lay it on them yeah i was like oh i remember those episodes those were kind of cool too so wacky weird yeah. and conspiracy you theory. got a conspiracy theory big kahuna i'll have to think about that one okay all right thought maybe you'd have one just off the top of your head that you know is a pet <laughs> pet conspiracy theory how about you you got one uh, uh i'm you know the, the current situation with like the dutch farmers yeah i'm convinced that that's a land grab ironically i came to the ideas of anarchy through the anarcho-capitalist uh like youtube stuff right uh early stefan molyneux uh a bit of like jeff berwick yeah uh and you know folks who were the, like the early celebritarians if you will. i think that's the title that uh i used to they were my given. podcast feed used to have the anarchist on there as well at one point point. and while i uh personally like i don't know if uh Mr. Berwick and I would ever be friends. I've never met the man. Um, I don't like that he's into rap. I don't really dig the way he dresses. You know, there's all sorts of criticism. But when he talks about anarchy, all of his words, I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. So I identify with his thoughts on the matter, his philosophy on the matter, uh, regardless as to whether or not, you know, I think I might enjoy hanging out with the person. Uh, and so there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, you can't believe what Berwick says because he's done some bad deals and he's a douchebag and blah, blah, blah. They're lever- leveraging all this. That you know, might all be true towards that. And I don't know. Like I said, I've never met the man. But what I can say is that when he speaks about anarchy, he appears to me to be accurate. Yes, I was just thinking to myself when I heard you describe an anarchist society, in other words, what you would expect to happen and what you would expect to to do. Well, actually, it reminded me of the analogy of uh, Don Quixote and Sancho Panza charging the the, the threatening windmills. The the fact of the matter is is that we've been trying for for millennia to develop societies which were more, more perfect, in other words, societies that would serve our needs equally, justly, and to the extent that we need them. And you can't have that with government interference. Correct. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the quandary. How do you do It's that? not a quandary. It's not can't. a quandary. It's not a quandary at all. As, as soon as you introduce government's violence, right, it becomes unjust. And what's the other word that he used? I missed well, it. Well, well, it becomes unjust. Certainly. And inequitable. Violence, government violence hopefully in a normal society in a developed society hopefully that would that would really never happen that uh, that hope is very utopian of you sir yeah and i have a question well, for you robert do you think sure. that uh, society and government are independent of each other no they're not Ooh, because, interesting because then why why are there two different words for them you don't always see the overt violence 
But as you said, the threat is always there. It's the sword of, is it Damocles, Democles, whatever, that just hangs over every government interaction. I mean, right. the way the police well, dress, I mean, they dress, you know, jackboots and and very military. You know, it, it's it's all about imposing power and force. Yeah. I don't care if they were wearing like pink dresses, right? They have, you either pull over or, else. or they escalate. Right. And well, and when it comes to, you know, the administration itself, right, uh, if you want to call it that, if you want to call it the administrative, you know, piece of society, which it's not, by the way, society is perfectly capable of administrating itself without a giant organization of, that claims a monopoly on violence, that claims they're the only ones who can do it. When you do it, it's wrong. But when they do it, it's cool. Uh, how do they fund that? How do they fund that? They fund that by threatening people, by threatening them with, hey, we're either going to like, you know, take some money away from you. We're going to garnish your wages. And if you don't like that and you figure out a way around that, we're going to send some guys in costumes who are armed uh, after you and threaten to throw you in a cage if you don't do what they say. And then if you also don't comply with that, then they purport the authority to shoot you and end your life. Well, you know. I've never experienced those negative kinds of things. There was a time, one time, when I went to... A, Do you think that those things just don't happen? Government violence. I think I heard you mention government violence. And uh, yesterday I heard you uh, actually defending government violence. And so I thought uh, I would explore that... Mm. Uh, can you, that can you describe there. this uh, defense of government violence? Recap, because I didn't finish listening to last night's episode, too, so I didn't hear who said it what. Oh, well, I was uh, continuing to uh, go item by item in the the blog by joemonahan.blogspot.com, Joe Monahan's New Mexico, where he interviewed the victim of domestic violence, a victim who actually filed criminal charges on a judge that mm-hmm. had committed domestic violence against her while she was having an affair with uh, Judge Tommy Jewell, the wife of Ju- – I'm sorry, the wife, huh? Freudian slip – the husband of uh, – uh, Judge Angela Jewell, who okay. trafficked my children. And so where did and the defending of the government violence come in? You, you, uh, you were dismissive of a judge uh, when asked a question uh, in a civil tone in a public place, uh, getting up out of his chair, walking across the, r- the room, and getting in the face of a constituent... I've got a law dictionary on my tablet over here. Okay, go. And I pulled up, like, the first definition for assault. Okay. And it says, threat to inflict injury with an apparent ability to do so. Also, any intentional display of force that would give the victim reason to fear or expect immediate bodily harm. Sure. And that sounds like that's what occurred to David. Okay. So David I've never disagreed with. Okay. Well, um, well, you did disagree with it yesterday. So, no, I didn't. Uh, let, for the record, we, we have... Uh, if, if anybody's curious to hear it, you can go to freetalklive.com and listen to yesterday's episode when David called. For the record, and, there's and an hear, archive. Yeah, for the record, there's an archive. You can hear specifically <laughs> yeah, where, no, the, I did not defend this judge in any way, shape, or form. Uh, what I did yeah, is I, I made a I'll, joke where uh, David claims that no, he was assaulted by this I'll, judge. And I said, well, if that definition is true, then David, of course, has been assaulting our listeners for years. That's, that's not what I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is your statement, which, as you say, your listeners can listen on the record from the recording yesterday, okay. where, you, where you said that any court 
that would uh, investigate the behavior of Judge Tommy Jewell based on uh, as an assault, you you would uh, and I forget your exact words, but oh, you did I not see. agree with you did not agree with that court. In other words, you would allow behavior like that to occur unchecked, is what you're saying. Somebody in our chat says, "Is Free Talk Live receiving any sponsorship money to promote the anarchist?" I have no idea. Well, first of all, it's the anarchists, but second of all, no, we're not. Okay. Uh, I just happened to have followed the saga of Anarchapulco uh, in in its heyday, through its origin up until how it is today. There's a bunch of folks that I've met that I kind of either know people or know people who know the people who are on that show. And so, you know, through social media and that kind of a thing. So uh, I feel a bit of a kinship with these people. And they use part Free Talk Live clips in like episode one. And also episode three. Yeah. So, you know, Free Talk Live is in this thing. It makes sense for us to talk about it, particularly because anarchism is one of the philosophies that we talk about here on Free Talk Live on the regular. Some people call it voluntarism. Some people call it, you know, a, a variety of things. And some people say those are two different things. Yeah. And some people say, well, it's not libertarianism. It's and it's like, well, I mean, that's show me a libertarian is a libertarian who doesn't cite. Oh, I don't know, Lysander Spooner, for example. So let me okay, let me take this one briefly because I got into it in June, right before Porkfest, uh, at one of the meetups. Got into what? Conversation, oh. argument, an interaction. I didn't know what it was when I it got was you. Second. Okay. You know, when I got into it. <laughs> Um, gotcha. With you know, at one of these meetups, it wasn't assault, was it? It was not. Okay, it was a friend. It was a friendly discussion <laughs> amongst competing with opposing uh, viewpoints. And there's a, a difference between uh, like they call them uppercase L libertarians and lowercase L libertarians, right? So the uppercase L being like, I have joined the Libertarian Party. <laughs> I am going to you know either support candidate X for whatever office they're running for. Or I am going to become a candidate myself and, you know, run as a libertarian because I think that when I get in charge, I'll be able to do whatever much better and, you know, more along the lines of freedom than anybody else who's ever held that office has done. Yep. Whereas lowercase l libertarians are like, yeah, um, I believe in the philosophies of liberty, uh, but I'm, you know, I didn't I didn't join the party. You know, I might vote. I might not, depending on, you know, who's running and how I feel about them, that kind of a thing. Yep. But uh, mostly, for the most part, they're on board with the philosophies of freedom, and that is the non-aggression principle. And then there's voluntarists, right? Or voluntarists, if you want to be a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and these people uh, really just believe that all human interactions should be consensual. That's it. Yeah. Not that hard to figure Pretty out. Pretty simple. But once- Compatible with the other philosophies, right? But if you believe that, you, can, you, you then cannot be a libertarian with a pet project. You know, I, I was been listening to Free Talk Live for a long, long time. Yes, you have. And every, every once in a while you'll get you know, certain people that call in that they don't not teach you anything. They're telling you what to believe. You know, sort of like when what was his name there? James Whittakind would call in. Then Ugh. it got to the point to where he, he was should not be named. Threatening people. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, you know, he definitely was threatening people. He threatened the lives of almost every host on this show. Uh, and, and ironically, the FBI did nothing. 
Yeah. Uh, also threatened the lives of the offspring of some of the hosts of this show as well. So, yeah. And, of course, yeah. the FBI did yeah. nothing. You know, if it was Howard Stern and a caller called in and said, I am going to take the life of you, blah, 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 threaten his children or whatever, the FBI would be all over that. But, but because you sell it's, a little you know, bit of Bitcoin and the Bearcats come to your door. Yeah, but because it's, you know, some, some voluntarists here in New Hampshire, nothing occurs. No, but uh, no. I mean, it, 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 like like I said, he just when he talks about different things, he 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 doesn't. He's not calling in to teach anything. He's just telling people what to believe. I remember one time when I was like about six, eight years old. There was a kid about I don't know three, four years older than me, mm-hmm. and it was winter, and he snatched the hat off my head, and we just holding up there teasing <laughs> at me, right? So I was it a big right snatch. Huh? Was it a big snatch or a when little he, snatch when he when snatched the the hat off your head? Well, I I was not upside down, so I suppose it was a little snatch. Okay, All right. so not the yeah. same snatch that's coming up later. No, no, not okay. that snatch. Nothing wrong with a little snatch. I prefer that yeah, snatch. Draw yourself, Captain. You got me all carried away on booty one time. I don't you go doing that again. <laughs> uh, that wasn't me, actually. It was Richie Rich and the Big Kahuna. But still, anyway, anyway you, something uh, about snatch the hat off your head. He just snatched the hat off my head, and he held it up, and he was teasing me, right? And I couldn't jump quite high enough to get it. But I, on about the third or fourth jump, I decided, well, I could reach his head, and my little tiny fist fit right inside his eye socket. Nice, nice. And he went to Sunday dinner and had to explain to his grandparents and his aunts and uncles and all that how this little kid down the road dotted his eye because he was tormenting him. All right. So, so uh, that's well, number one. What's that's what's number two? To recollect. With all of these serious, horrendous floods occurring in eastern Kentucky specifically, knowing how you gentlemen have expressed your feelings about governmental entities, mm-hmm. state, local, federal, or a combination thereof, how does the panel feel about state, local, and federal governmental assistance for people, buildings, property, and the general geography of where the horrendous floods are occurring. Well, uh, I can say, and I'll just start here, uh, I can say that every time I have seen government attempt to sort of come to the rescue of any sort of a natural disaster, uh, they screwed up mightily. Uh, you know, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to allocate all these funds, and maybe they allocate some of it, but uh, generally it's... Siphon off the top first. Yeah, they, they take a huge cut for themselves, uh, the government, that is, or what they claim to deliver, they don't deliver. Uh, they, they don't have really an incentive to do it right. What I have seen, though, when it comes to things like natural disaster is... Charity organizations, non-government organizations who generally or speaking, or even corporations who generally speak and go, hey, we're going to do a thing. And then they actually do that thing that they say they're going to and do. And the government steps in and tries to stop them. I'm glad that here in Albuquerque, we're having, you know, trying to build a more walkable community. So there's plans to have a, a walk way along the train tracks so there's spaces along the train tracks and uh they want to make a like a walking path so people could follow the train tracks that'll end well old town. what could possibly go wrong well i hope 
I mean, a lot of people have uh, killed themselves throwing themselves on the train tracks before, so I'm assuming they're supposed to have it make it safe so that they have fencing so that you could walk along the train tracks where the rail runner is going, and it goes to the old town, the tourist attraction. Hey, if you're going to walk goes, along the train track, why not just catch a train? Just throwing that out there. Well, the whole thing about it is the walkability for oh. tourists. People want to be able to go to the old town and then go to the sawmill district. That's the way they got the – it's a tourist. Um, they got food court. They got shops. Um, mm-hmm. And they have hotels. So they're trying to, like, connect those places. I'm, I'm guessing – I'm guessing the government is involved in this, right? It's not just the people, the businesses of this food court area or, or of these attractions getting together going, hey, let's all pool our money together and build a sidewalk so that more people can access our businesses. Anarchists carrying the torch of the long-standing political tradition are cringing at the series portrayal of anarchism being compatible with capitalism. So for those of you who don't know, these anarchists in this television show uh, are not necessarily supporters of what you commonly refer to as capitalism. They are free market anarchists. And it's just the term anarcho-capitalist is trendy. Like real capitalism, right? Like real anarchism uh, means no government involvement whatsoever, period. None. Zip, zero, zilch, nil, none, nada. And so none of us have ever experienced this unless you've, I don't know, bought something at like a rummage sale, <laughs> you know? So in a, in a perfect world, you wouldn't need the hyphen. Correct. Right? But we we do not live in a perfect world, which is why I'm also okay with the hyphen for an capitalist Yeah. And I'm all about sort of taking the word back, right? They co-opted the word anarchism, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I got you. No, 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 no. In common parlance, though, if you use the word capitalism... Right there is there is an inherent uh, inference of state involvement, right? And then and then we get into the debate. Well, that's not real capitalism. That's cronyism. Right. I want to use this other term, right? Cronyism. And then you know, and then then you devolve the discussion once again into like definition of terms. The anarchist filmmaker Todd Schramke is friendly with Berwick and has said in the past that he's influenced by public figures like Stefan Molyneux, a white supremacist infamous for amplifying disproven theories of eugenics and scientific racism. Is that true? Mm. Uh, he kind of went off the rails a little bit and started down yeah, that path. Post and I cancer, stopped, right? Right. Yeah. So I stopped listening to Molyneux around that time because I didn't want to hear that side of him. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure that's accurate, and but I haven't heard any of that. In addition to more traditional libertarian capitalists, Berwick's Anarchapulco has more recently become home for cryptocurrency and Web3 enthusiasts who are hawking digital assets like NFTs and even trying to uh, monetize colors, whatever that means. So, uh, yes, it's true. Uh, why would why would people who call themselves anarchists? be involved in cryptocurrency well let's see it's voluntary uh it is not controlled by any state uh, any government. decentralized no hierarchy decentralized so even those other anarchists should appreciate that uh, and absolutely they should it is the first and i don't care what flavor of anarchist you call yourself it is the first anarchist infrastructure that i'm aware of okay right it, it's a currency, it is a database, it's a verification tool, it's like the uses for Bitcoin, the blockchain, all that kind of thing that, that cryptocurrency is based on. Uh, 
is, I mean, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg. This from the Los Angeles Times. Reputable news source. Mystery shrouds colossal Brinks heist at I-5 truck stop. Who stole millions in gems and gold? The monkeys. <laughs> it's not the Japanese monkeys. Oh. What was it? That would have been the story. That would have been a good story, yeah. But no. Japanese monkeys no, no. rob armored truck in the middle of Hollywood. This is written by Richard Winton. That sounds all very hoity and snooty, doesn't it? Richard Winton. Winton. Winton, yes. Winton. When experts recall the most notorious jewelry heist in modern history, they talk about tunneling into Hatton Garden in Lo- uh, London or the Antwerp-Belgium break-in that took months of planning. Then there's the case of the heist earlier this month at the Flying J truck stop along I-5 in the Grapevine. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the Flying J truck stop, it has nothing to do with rolling a joint. I just okay. want you to know that. <laughs> but I'm sure I was, that I, happens there. I, I mean, I can't say I've never done that activity at one of their locations. <laughs> I can't say that. Can neither confirm nor deny. Confirm nor deny. No, I cannot. Uh, in the early hours of July 11th, two armed guards left their Brinks big rig, giving a gang of thieves a 27-minute window to make the huge snatch. <laughs> Outward signs of the riches inside were not obvious, but Molesky said the guards driving such trucks are openly carrying firearms, and that could alert someone watching trucks. Okay. <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> Duh. Like, I just assume all Brinks security are armed, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't look at it and say, I wonder if there's anything in that that truck. You see see a Brinks truck, it's either got the money or it's going to get the money, right? That's that's the only reason those things exist. I am surprised. I mean, Brinks is a relatively reputable company. Been around a long time. And, you know, I mean, they do, they got all, they got their hands in all sorts of piles, right? Like, in the absence of government, I figure a company like Brinks would be, you know, they already provide home security. So it would be a natural, you know, uh, market for them to expand into just provide security services at a, you know, sort of a subscription rate for whatever it is that you need uh, that, of course, government won't allow them to compete in. Uh, at any rate, Arnold Duke, president of the International Gem and Jewelry Show, whose exhibitors displayed the items in San Mateo, were moving them to Pasadena and said the truck contained many 70 to 100 pound plastic containers filled with jewelry, gems and watches. We are looking at more than $100 million in documented losses, he said. This was an absolutely huge crime. One of the largest jewelry heists ever. As soon as I heard about this big snatch, uh, as a snatchologist, I, I wanted to weigh in and uh, tell you guys, I don't Wait, think we're looking at the whole story in. here. Oh. He, he wanted to weigh in. So how heavy okay. is the big snatch? into the big snatch. Yeah. Right, right. And this isn't a stick-up. Now, totally different than a stick-up. This is a, uh, you know, uh, a snatch like this is messy business. Yeah. Mm. And I want to say that this goes probably much deeper than uh than anybody it could be a a a cavernous case right it was was probably two drivers with that one snatch and uh you know who knows what could happen do you think that like the people responsible for this snatch like lubed up the drivers like are they in on it uh, you know what? I would hope so because if it's that easy to steal a hundred million dollars out of an armored truck, mm-hmm. 
then, um, you know, I, I, it, I'm it in the happen. wrong business. Cargo theft is a massive criminal enterprise across the L.A. region, which we've seen. Actually, we talked a little bit about that here on Free Talk Live with the um, the, the trains, the and, trains yeah. Yeah, and all that kind of thing. It's a Dominic Toretto and his three Honda Civics. Uh, cargo theft is a massive criminal enterprise. Last year alone, CargoNet, a theft record firm, logged more than $57 million in cargo truck theft. California remains the top state for cargo snatches. Okay. They just said, like, all of whatever that was was $57 million, yeah. and this one alone is potentially $100 million. Yes. Like, this one takes the cake. Yes. Like, that's it. All right. California remains the top state for cargo snatches with a 13% increase since 2020. That's, I mean, that's a huge increase in snatch. Yeah. yeah. Is. You want to snatch? Go to California. I, yeah, uh, I just want to point out too. It's a leaning on crime. They mentioned they mentioned this organization, CargoNet, a theft record firm. Now, a lot of folks would argue that you know government is necessary because somebody has to keep official records. No, they don't. Look, <laughs> I'm assuming they're not a government organization. It could be just a government contract, though. We don't know. But car, I mean, it's possible for other organizations. To keep frickin' records. Yeah, you just need a dude with a pen and a notepad. You got robbed? You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.